Hello and thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast, recorded on May 6th, 2020. How's it going? Thanks a lot for tuning in to this episode. I'm uh, camping up on some national forest land right now, up on Cold Creek in an area kind of outside of where I'm living in Oregon, and it's going pretty well. We're having a good day. I'm just here by myself, so I'm doing a solo camping trip. It's the first... uh, solo night out I've done this year and I'm excited to be doing it I think it's gonna be kind of cool it's been fun so far too it's been uh it's been pretty mellow I'm out here at my campsite I got my recording gear kind of rigged up and I'm uh at the tailgate of my truck I made a fire earlier in the fire ring and it's a pretty clear night pretty mellow weather it seems kind of cold up here it's sort of the mountains and I think it's uh close-ish to the snow level, but still a few, uh, it's still a bit above me. I drove up to it earlier, so earlier when I was coming in, I left at about noon today, and I took off and drove out of town, up into the forest, and then up kind of uh, on this meandering forest service road, and you'd think right now that, uh, you know, maybe a lot of stuff would be empty or, or, you know, not in a lot of use, but really when I got out here, I noticed a good bit of traffic. It's a nice day. It's May. It's May 6th. So I bet people are kind of getting out and, and just kind of given the environment that we're in right now where uh, people don't get to, or, you know, that are just kind of stuck at home or they don't, they're not at work or something. They're probably, the for the first time, you know, a lot of free time for a lot of these people too. So it seems like this area out here, as soon as I got to the, the region that you could camp, uh, it was full of campers. I was noticing that when I was coming up. So there's an area where I think you have to go in 17 miles up the road before you hit the area where you can begin uh, just camping on the side of the road. And I think that's that's probably the spot where the National Forest Land begins. And before that, I think you're in a region of BLM land that's structured out below there as you get kind of closer down toward the highway. And so this further out made it through the BLM land. That's, uh, I guess, says no camping. I think you can do like a lot of day use area stuff out there. A couple campgrounds I passed, just sort of like Forest Service campgrounds or BLM campgrounds, but sort of a more organized pullout with the bathroom those were closed uh or you know there was like i think one of them at least i saw the picnic area had remained open for day use stuff but that you know you just kind of walk down to the river or something but there was a number of people out by the lake earlier down at the area i was uh lower down on the mountainside and then as i kind of had come up here into the hills most of this road had been paved so it's a pretty commonly used road and i think it i think it goes pretty well i think it goes all the way through so if it were clear, you could get from here, or from the side that I was on, I guess it would be kind of the south, the southwest side to the northeast side of the corner of the forest and kind of pop out on the other side of the highway. And when I was driving through earlier, I'd, I'd uh, gone just a bit further than where I am now, and I'd traveled up uphill a bit more, and it kind of started getting windy. And then I started noticing uh, a little bit of snow in the shadier spots, the, the north-facing slopes and stuff. And then after a little bit further, God, it was pretty crazy. It was, it was you know, probably a couple, I don't know, it, was, it must have been a couple hundred downed trees that had come, come down through the road. And so the truck had come through so far uh, and just cut out a small route. You know, it just cut out maybe eight feet of the tree there so you could get a vehicle through. It must have been more than that. But it was just enough to kind of squeeze a truck through. But really the, the posts of the logs are still just kind of sticking out, strewn across like toothpicks. What was that like pickup sticks game that you could play? It was kind of like that when they would just kind of like all stack up on each other. But yeah, they're just kind of laid out over each other 
uh, all the way up this road. And I had, to, I had to go over or go under a couple low bridges, too, you know, where you, you kind of have to, like, skirt around to the side. That You know, the tree was still just hung all the way across the road. It hadn't been cut down. I think it was too high. I'm not even sure if it was a Forest Service truck that did some of this. It seems like it must have been given the effort. But it just seems like they, they just started or they haven't really got around to finishing the work. I don't know. Maybe maybe the snow had just melted up at that high of an elevation. But as I had gotten just a little bit further up the way, um, I saw I saw like the, the road was just packed out in snow and there was a couple of tire tracks that had gone in about four feet and then backed out and twisted around and, and then I guess come back the other way. So uh, it seemed like I'd seen a couple of cars come from that way and I guess they had just turned around before I did, you know. Uh, but it was good. I, I traveled all the way up there and checked out a couple spots. Oh man, it was uh, there was a spot uh, where there was there's this man. I I would hate to have to be the person or the engineering crew that was putting in bridges out in these re- really rural areas. I look at some of these engineering projects, you know, just like steep, steep cliff sides, really, and then they have to reinforce this wall and then build like a bridge out over it too but there's this area that I was passing and it must have been a couple years ago or whenever it was but they built a new bridge since but the old bridge the bridge that used to be there for years I guess had been washed out in a snowstorm or a flood out and it's only you know a hundred yards down the the creekway there and you just see this this giant well not giant you know a very large probably 75 foot uh, bridge structure that's supposed to cut cut you across this creek uh, is just kind of laying out over the rocks down river, and you go, whoa, hey, there's a bridge that was washed out over there. So it's a trip. But I've seen a few of those things out here in some of these spots of uh, of the you know just the rural areas where things get washed out. And it takes a couple couple years for them to kind of reestablish whatever it was over there. So I don't know, but it was cool. I took a took a couple photos of it. I've been trying to take some photos of this creek area here, and it's cool. There's a lot of uh, a lot of nice river rock and stuff at the base of it and a lot of fresh snow melt too so the water looks really really green or you know just kind of that pure kind of emerald and and aqua blue look that you can get to some of this mountain water that's up here in the cascades really pretty really fresh really crisp kind of uh kind of area uh, i noticed though um this region as opposed to others is uh, maybe a little drier in its uh it's kind of forested climate how is that? See, I'm in the area that should be pretty mossy and stuff, so maybe I'm not sure what I'm talking about. It's interesting how there's just different regions of the the environment as you kind of go through uh, areas of Oregon, but uh, even though this is a, a pretty forested area, some of these areas real near here are real lush and uh, wet, and or they just have, you know, kind of a lot, a lot going on in that manner. This is really a little bit more arid of an area. But it's a nice forest area. It's uh, it's a big area too. I think just a ways up, there's a a wilderness area and a couple trailheads. That'd be cool. But I bet they're kind of snowed in now, given the elevations. So, we'll see if uh, all my plans come together. But as it was for the most part, it was to uh, to travel out and to try and get some some photo stuff done, some photo work. And I'm, I'm trying to do uh, more on the side of uh, you know just kind of like creating stuff that I'm really interested or you know like the photos that I really want to get to I'm going to try and put those together and then kind of put those out as you know little publishing pieces and stuff here and there but um that's really my main focus is trying to work on the the images and the art stuff that I really want to right now and oh man what a great time too so I just you know with a lot of things kind of shut down it's it's really unfortunate for a lot of people that have a lot of their primary activities kind of shut down but as it is that you know a lot of the stuff I want to do is just related to self-publishing there's really no one telling me what I can't do or you know what I have to stop doing and 
so I really appreciate the the kind of flexibility. And man, if if uh, there's just there's just a lot of opportunity right now, which is kind of what I'm excited about. You know, it's a, it's sort of a reset for a lot of people to kind of come back in and uh, figure out what they were doing before and what kind of stuff they want to be doing. And I still want to be doing the same things. Uh, just a lot of a lot of media creation stuff and a lot of um, you know photography publishing, but. Uh, what's cool about now is you just it kind of shakes things out a little bit and you get to you get to kind of focus on it if you think that's what you need to focus on with your time because man things can change real fast things that you think were really stable maybe won't be the way the earth is you know the way the world is the way society is might seem real strong but maybe things can kind of change up on you real fast too so it's uh it's been maybe a, a little bit of a lesson for a lot of people i hope i hope people aren't uh, aren't too worried or too too afraid individually there's a lot of a lot of circumstances where maybe that's more appropriate but here in the Oregon area it's nice that I, apparently the the stats for the virus stuff are going down I think there's uh, no new cases reported it was I think a recent headline I was looking at the county stats that I'm in so it's uh, I think been holding steady at 39 cases reported and two deaths uh, in the in the county I'm at and that was uh, from early in April that that had been kind of uh, kind of set so uh looks good for our rural area and uh, i'm hoping that it's uh, going that way for many of the other county areas that exist out there in the united states too um but as it is uh yeah getting out and uh trying to work around what i'm what i'm learning from the u.s fish and wildlife department so i went to the oregon website for the oregon fish and wildlife and i was trying to understand a little bit about what was going on with the regulations right now and what was closed what was open i think in the last podcast i'd I'd mentioned that things are more open and really in a lot of ways they are it's really cool in oregon there's a lot of flexibility and probably in most states there's there's still a lot of flexibility even in lockdown uh, an essential activity is you know is outdoor activity or is still qualified as it so you can't go to trailheads you can't go to campgrounds you can't go to parks or national parks Uh, or state parks right but you can go or state land right i don't know but you can go to blm land you can go to national forest land you can go to a number of these trail areas and and what's fortunate about a lot of the area in the western states is most of these western states it's like 50 percent public land so there's still a lot of regions that are that are publicly accessible a lot of opportunity to be by yourself or you know there's there's not going to be a lot of uh, crowds around as it is so uh not a lot of risk out here, which is cool. And, uh, and given, yeah, that's a lot of the stuff that I want to be, be trying to get at. It's a great time of year to be doing it. We're coming into the, the pocket of the springtime here in May. I think we're still coming through like a few more of the last rainstorms that are, well, I don't know. It's this area. This, this region of the world kind of gets a lot of that through June, it seems. I'm hoping we can avoid that, but uh, we've had a pretty nice spring so far. I hope it, I don't know, I hope it turns around a little bit or kind of kicks in, kicks in a little bit more. But we've had a few rainstorms this last couple of weeks and uh, it's kind of been dampening the interest I've had in running out and trying to camp and stuff. So uh, as I'm sure as it starts getting nicer, probably everybody's going to be itching to get outside more and more, especially the folks that are that have been kind of cooped up in apartment areas or uh, more densely populated regions of, uh, of urban centers. But it's great being out here in a big campsite area. I got a nice view. I got, I, man, I was trying to drive around forever out here to uh, to find a, a good spot to camp. So there's pl- there's plenty of spots. There's also, like I was saying, a good crowd too. You know, so so just about every every one of these areas uh, that has a fire ring 
and it has someone camping at it, you know, and uh, all the way up the creek, there's a lot of spots like that. So that's really not my favorite kind of environment for this circumstance. You know, I'm not really doing like, uh, I don't know, ultimate camping experience kind of trips right now, but, uh, but I am trying to get to some locations that, uh, are good to take some photographs of. And so if I need to like, you know, just camp out for, you know, in whatever location for a couple hours and then wake up real early and take off and go to the spot that I need to go. That's pretty functional, but even still, I'd really like to have uh, some more space and get to kind of set up the camp the way I want to. And that's really the, the, the great benefit of trying to go to an area like BLM land or national forest land where you can really kind of do that. And you have a few more of your own rules that you can make and follow. Like, you know, I, I set up a fire here and a fire ring and I gathered my wood out here and I've got no one around me, really. There's uh, there's some folks down the road here. At a, there's a junction and then you can kind of take another another road off and head down the the hills i'm uphill right now you can head down the hillside toward the creek and there's i think a, a pull out over there where there's a there's a group of probably like five or six it seems like five or six four by four trucks some young guys probably my age or a little younger probably out traveling around with the time off that they have too but it looks fun yeah taking off four by four and around i heard them rallying around out here before sunset it was funny doing some donuts <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I, I just just before I started this podcast, there was a there's a guy in like a white, looked like a white Sierra, that had uh, um, cruised up. No, it was a Ram, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and it uh, yeah cruised up the main road here, and then yeah, just like pulled off onto the road that I'm camping on. Uh, came back here a couple hundred couple hundred meters and uh, swung into the big area I'm camping out in, and and then uh, it's you know road that kind of cruises by, and so took off it's a, it's a remote one though there's nothing up this road it dead ends dead, <laughs> it dead ends just uh i don't know about two minutes up this road or something I, I went up there first when i was checking it out seeing what was around here seeing if it opened up any more uh further up the way but really it just kind of it, it pulls up to um like a ravine that's uh or, you know this draw that's been pulled out by a creek and then it, it kind of follows this sort of steep contour up into some uh sort of thick remote unprepared logging road sort of stuff up there and i'm still uh i'm still kind of taking it easy so uh you know i don't need to get into that right now i think i'm fine so i, I cruise back down here to this uh this nice open spot with the view i got uh i got a wide open uh view to my south here it seems pretty south yeah it's pretty south and it goes off a bit and then you can you, you can see like a ridge that's up on the top of the mountain uh, out in the distance it's kind of cool you know it's just kind of this uh this kind of these rolling cascade hills that are out here and a lot of forested land and but yeah up at the top of it you can kind of see this outcrop of rock and as that kind of draws down this this kind of creek collects and then comes down to the main creek over here cool area it's nice and uh it's really pretty and th i think right now i think i see the moonlight coming up it's casting light onto the trees up in front of me i was thinking hey are there's more headlights nada it's the moon whoa i think i see venus out here i think i see my fire going low so that's good news i waited till just about dark and then used up all my firewood that i gathered so that's cool it's not a big deal it's, you know there's the, this area i think the spot that i'm in specifically was like um i think it had been logged out in fact as i'm looking up the hill i see like that was locked out at some time and uh, this area that I'm at was, uh, it was, it was flat, it was logged and then flattened out by a cat when they were putting this road in, uh, however it is. So there's a big, there's a big pile just, just down here of uh, where they'd come through some years ago and cleared out a bunch of brush and stacked it up in a, in a pile over there. 
And so I've I just kind of walked over there and pulled out some uh, some dry sticks. They've been they've just been drying out over there for years, so they're seasoned and ready to go. And they they're pretty small, uh, eh, probably probably like a, about I don't know a little bit thicker around than your thumb, and no bigger than you know the thickness of a, a wrist or something around as a as a stick. So I just gathered up a bunch of those, and I'm throwing them onto the fire here. I used uh, some old dried up fern earlier. I was trying to get the fire started, and I just had like crappy sticks and some of them are still kind of dewy and stuff uh just kind of from from sitting around and it, you know it had rained a bunch yesterday i think it had rained on me earlier when i was driving around too so the wood wasn't wet and it's it's dried out pretty well but it just isn't small enough and uh, i could i could have gone through i was learning this um this tactic called uh feather sticks Did you guys heard of that it's a it's like a bushcrafting term i hate that word i'd way prefer like camping or hunting or something like that but in the world of bushcrafting which i'm sure you can youtube there's uh, this, and it's actually a really uh, brilliant idea, and, it, and a lot of that stuff is great of uh, of generating the skills that you'd need to to run, to to manage yourself in the outdoors. And, and the thing, kind of the thinking behind it, is the more that you know about how to work with your environment, the less gear you need to carry with you, and and really the the, the more apt you are to make proper choices in a short period of time that will help you out. So that's uh, that's really helpful. So you know, just kind of like having fire building skills or knowing what to do and how to set up camp or how to run a tarp or how to get water, all that sort of stuff. Anyway, in this case, you take some of these sticks that I'm talking about, some of these drier ones, you take your knife, your sturdy bushcrafted knife that people so like to talk about. And I think you take around 24 inches of that stick and kind of break them down to 24 inches or so. And then what you're supposed to do is take that knife and sort of, what would it be like? Kind of like peeling a potato or something. Or like, you know, if you got to like kind of peel a carrot, what you want to do is kind of start at the top and then you want to peel into it. You kind of cut in with the knife just a little bit, and then you'll run a slice of that down all the way down to the the end of the bar. But you don't you don't slice off that flake of wood that you've been pulling up. You try to make it pretty thin too. It's called feather sticks for a reason, right? So you, you try and kind of make it uh, like a thin strip of wood that's kind of pulled up from it, and the wood will just kind of naturally curl up on itself as you chop on it. And it takes a lot of getting used to. You kind of have to get to. I don't know. You got to get the hang of trying to get those feathered pieces down because you have to hold it onto the stick itself. So you you cut down all the way to the last like two inches or so of the wood and then you leave it. And so what happens is that you cut, you kind of rotate the wood and then you cut down, rotate the wood and cut down. And so what you get after doing that for a while is just a bunch of these real thin um, flakes of wood that are all gathered up at the top end of this uh, stick and then you have a nice dry piece of kindling that's sort of uh, worked down next to it and so what you do is you uh, people a lot of bushcrafting and camping stuff is just doing a lot of preparation and a lot of work that sort of seems like man should have brought a lighter or you know should have brought some newspapers or something that would have done more <laughs> but, but if you're into bushcrafting yeah that's one of those things you can do if you have nothing nothing around uh, but yeah you make these feather sticks and they're they're good fire starting material. If you get the right wood that's uh, that's dry enough, you can kind of run down and yeah, get these plumes of these um, these kind of sod or not sawdust, but these little like plumes of wood flakes, and they'll they'll burn up real quick when you get uh, when you get a fire going on them. But uh, what I did for this one, oh, the other fire tip, what was the one I heard? Cotton balls and Vaseline. I hear that's that's like the fire starter ticket because it's pretty uh, pretty neutral. You can use the Vaseline for a couple of different things and the, the cotton balls too. But that petroleum jelly, that petroleum jelly that makes up the Vaseline, 
will rock a fire. And the cotton, too. So, yeah, you just you take a cotton swab from the bathroom, the Vaseline. You put that in, like, a Ziploc bag, and then you pack that into one of the pockets of your backpack. And you can get a fire going with a lot of stuff. Or you can get the base of a fire going with a lot of stuff. Like, that would work great. Even with, like, a, was like a flint, flint rod. I can't remember what the other word is for it, but uh, those flint rods that you strike and then, you, yeah, you run a, uh, a spray of sparks onto it and stuff. You can do that. I always bring a lighter or a couple lighters with me. I got one in my pocket right now. But uh, but those are really easy fire starter tools where you can light that. You got a good flame going for a sustained amount of time running off the petroleum jelly and the cotton. And then you can stack smaller uh, twigs and sticks and stuff on it and then run bigger branches on that really quickly. And that, that helps out a lot. In my case, I didn't have that. I had a couple, uh, couple napkins from lunch and I had some fern that I spotted over here, and it had died out. So there's these uh, these dried out uh, fronds of fern leaves over, I don't know, about 50 feet over here under the, the side of the road. So I went over there with my knife, and I cut down a couple handfuls of those. I came back over to the fire. I laid out a bed of uh, the smaller sticks at the base, and then I uh, stacked in a bunch of the, the dried fern as a bed there, and then I put... Uh, some of the, the strips of paper towel that I had balled up in a section there, and then I stacked up kind of a little fort, like a little lean-to fort of some of the smaller sticks, and then I had some of the bigger sticks sort of ready to go, but lit up the, uh, the what was it, the paper towel in a couple, in like two spots is what I tried to hit. Lit the paper towel in two spots with the lighter, and then uh, real quickly I just kind of held over the ferns, those dried ferns, and they lit up real fast too. So that was a great fire starter piece. And that cuts, you know, cuts a big flame really quickly. And then I put that over it. And then that kind of got the lower ferns sort of burning and some of those sticks going. And then I, I threw on those, uh, the smaller twigs over it. And then that caught and threw the bigger sticks on there. So dropped a couple logs on there. Yeah, I, uh, I was kind of scavenging them from some of the other firings that I was passing along the way. Even though I'd gone out what was it, a couple, I don't know, it was probably a month or so ago now, and I collected a good bit of firewood up in some of the the areas outside of, uh, of where I was working at. And, uh, yeah, I'd kind of I'd drive around, and if I see, like, some, some downed, dried-out wood on the road, I'd throw it in the back of the truck, and then I brought it home, and I cut it up, and then I stacked it up. And so some of it's kind of seasoning out now. We've got a little fire pit at home that we're kind of we're kind of using it with. But uh, I was going to bring some of that, some of the, the twigs and some of the kindling that I had, and then... I forgot about it and didn't bring any firewood with me, which is fine, too. Oh, you know, it's cool. Really, almost any time I've gone out camping in the past, I've never brought firewood with me. Even probably at times I should have or, you know, in places that you're not supposed to scavenge firewood or that it's been so used that there's just no firewood in any capacity left to scavenge. Gosh, where was that? Is in Wyoming? Yeah, it was in Wyoming. We were traveling. We were camped out at a spot. And campers just go through there. We were in September, so I'm sure, you know, it's just been constant use from, uh, you know, April until then, right? You know, it's just been constant use, and it's been like that for the last hundred years. Or how long? You know, we're not the first, but uh, in that that area out there, uh, there had just been nothing available to burn. So all all those flammable resources have been collected by other... uh, other kindling hunters in the past and and it's kind of interesting to see how that goes so we, we kind of had to be resourceful and we had to kind of 
figure out how to gather enough stuff. But we did pretty well. You know, like uh, we, we result, um, you can kind of go to like pine needles and pine cones sometimes. Those uh, those work pretty well and are often pretty dry. And will burn well enough. They're not going to be a sustaining fire. They're not going to really like uh, get up embers going to the degree that you could really cook on in an effective way. But but you can cook on it. I mean, you can get some stuff going. And, uh, and in some other ways, you can get, you know, enough of a fire going that you can you can get a log going so that's that's normally what i would have is you know you have like one or two good logs that uh, that can kind of keep things kicking for the the evening but uh to get that going you need to you need to have some smaller stuff and normally that that you just try and find where you show up because hey you can't be you know there's going to be sticks around so you try and gather that stuff up but man if it's a busy area that stuff will have been scavenged shoot but that's not my problem now so i'm uh I'm loaded up on some firewood, and I got a good bit of coals going that I can get this stuff uh, stuff rocking with. But it's cool being out here in the canopy, sitting out of this campsite, running a fire for a little bit. That's kind of nice. I was, uh, I was trying to do some writing stuff. I got my journal open over here, and I'm, I'm trying to kind of sketch out some of the ideas that I want to do for some publishing stuff. I'll get into that some some future podcasts. Right? You know, I always, I always talk about it too soon, and I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe that idea will change. But, uh, but, yeah, I'm trying to sketch out some new stuff for what I want to do um, through the through the rest of the spring and the summer and stuff, but probably a good bit more of this kind of thing. So it'll be kind of fun. I'm looking forward to, to doing a bit more of this stuff. What was the other thing I had? I got to turn my headlamp on. Oh yeah. My fire is definitely out now. Need to stoke it. I think I'm going to have to run down to that area or that, you know, that's this, uh, this, what was that? That, set up a bunch of dried out sticks that are kind of down the way from me. I'm going to have to walk down there, run my headlamp, try to figure out if I can uh, if I can pull some firewood up and get this thing going again. But also I might not have to. It's uh, I think it's late enough. I can probably kick just kick up whatever embers I have here to keep me warm for a bit and then stack myself up in the truck, try and sleep it off for a couple hours, and I'm hoping to get up early in the morning and uh, and get back out of here and try and do a couple uh, a couple morning based photography things if I'm able to on the, on the drive in I try to scout out a couple locations um, sort of by a, a lake spot side down here too I was trying to check out so there's sort of this uh, this creek area and then that ultimately ends up running into uh, I think it's a reservoir really but this uh, this this reservoir area down the way and that had some uh, some stuff that I wanted to try and work out. Um, and along with this creek too, this creek is pretty cool. So there's a few pullouts here that I want to try and do some some under the water rock stuff, or you know, kind of I guess just sort of like working with flowing water, and then also working with some still water. So yeah, I was hoping to do a couple a couple of photography endeavors down there before it got uh, too late in the morning. And if I'm just kind of hanging out camping, maybe that'll be the case. But also, I'm not in a super hurry. Uh, or at least a super hurry to get uh, completely back. But what's beautiful about this uh, camp setup is I don't I don't have anything pulled out now. It's awesome. I just have it all in this canopy. It's all in the truck, uh, which is kind of great. It's it's sort of a return to what I was doing originally in the Camry way back. You know when we kind of figured out that uh, that uh, it's great to have you know your tent and your your other camp stuff when you're running backpacks or, or running to a real campsite. But in certain in some and certain and in many situations, having a car that you can have set up to crash out in 
is a great thing and just saves a ton of time and a ton of kind of confusion or frustration about how to set stuff up or what's going to make a good campsite or what's going to be effective or not. So in this case, yeah, I just feel, uh, I got, got my sleeping mat, got my, my cooler and stuff set up here in the back of the, the truck bed canopy. And, uh, and yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty similar to I, maybe probably what the best I had set up in the, in the forerunner back in the day when I was, uh, camping out and living out of that thing for a while. So, uh, yeah, it's cool. Kind of, kind of returning to some of the stuff that I liked a lot. Uh, I think some of the last times I was camping out by myself, well, I camp out by myself here and there and, uh, we do photo stuff. Uh, but really yeah, a lot of it's just with Marina and I, when we're traveling around together doing photo, photo trips. But, um, I remember I was kind of, uh, going back to it while longer one that I did back in, I think it was 2012 when I took off for, I don't know, it was probably three weeks or something like that. And I was just kind of slowly kind of turning through, uh, some regions of Oregon by Crater Lake and uh, through some of the, what is it, I guess, like the Rogue and Klamath National Forest areas and stuff. But yeah, it's kind of cruising through there and going to a number of different spots. I think I spent like four days over by the Umpqua Hot Springs. And I think that's when they were still open. And maybe, maybe now it's changed, but I think that they had been closed for a few years now to overnight camping because of the amount of abuse that had occurred out there. Just abuse to the land. And, uh, and abuse to whatever kind of social contract had, uh, had been, been structured. But I think people had kind of turned that to a pretty freaky party spot after a bit there. So they had like a, they had a dumpster for, for, you know, public, public use of refuse, but it was always and often overflowed. And, uh, just, just, uh, I think they only picked it up like once a week or once every two weeks, but man, that thing would just be overflowed with trash and trash stacked around it and trash stacked at the campsites and broken glass at the campsites and broken glass at the hot springs. And they just said, Hey, no more, no more overnight stuff out here. So it's too bad that that kind of uh, management has to go into, but that's the tough thing about some of these spots, these individual places that are really cool. Uh, just kind of, I guess, kind of getting too much attention by a certain segment of the general public that just doesn't have a respect for the, the use of the public land out here. So, uh, it's a frustration sometimes when, uh, when you lose some of the access to some of these, these cool spots, you know, some of these draws you're like, Oh yeah, I do want to go to that hot spring. That's uh, you know, just an old timey open place. It's cool. It's just been around. It's, it's hot water coming out of the ground. It hasn't just happened. So it's really cool that you can kind of go to a place like that, but because it's a draw, because it's a piece of attention that, that, uh, would be sort of a site to go to, then it ends up ultimately just getting shut down. Uh, that's kind of a frustration sometimes, but it was cool. Yeah. Back in the day in 2012, I camped out there for like, uh, four, four days or something like that. And then I'd travel around in the day, go to a couple different spots, go to some different waterfall, waterfall areas around there, do some photograph, uh, what, what was it doing? Photography at Tokety Falls, Watson Falls, I think was over there. Those are beautiful waterfalls in that area. And then I'd go back to the, the hot springs camp grounds area where I had a camp set up and then uh, I think I was yeah sleeping in the Camry in the back of the Camry and then I had some stuff set up outside of it I'd take a hike out at night and uh, hike out to the hot springs and stuff and uh, hang out there for a while and then cruise back to my car yeah it was a good time kind of just being out there by yourself thinking about stuff uh, having people sometimes there you know but uh, really you're just kind of there out by yourself or there's not a lot of other you know public around and stuff that's a weird thing dealing with the public or what is it? i don't know dealing with some other people when you're out in the woods it's always kind of freaky even here you know like what like right before i started this thing i was gonna start it and then i heard a truck and then you know like i was saying that truck uh, came up pulled up went up this road here and then swung around and came back a couple minutes later 
but even that, you know, it's an innocent trip of just someone looking around. But it's still weird. It's just like, who's this guy at nine o'clock at night that's driving by me in a truck? <laughs> Happened earlier too. I think, uh, yeah, some 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 of those guys that are down lower. They uh, one of them came up and was, uh, I think, just kind of check out this area up here. Didn't know I was up here, but uh, came up this road and then uh, like kind of swung or, like hooked a Yui in the parking lot or the this the area that I'm in here here where I'm camped, where the road is wide, and he uh, flipped around and then took off and stuff because. I'm up here, I guess, but it's just like, hey, dude, I know you don't mean anything, and I guess this is the only thing that can happen, but what's going on? One other guy out here where I have no cell service? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, they, uh, there's some characters out here, too, sometimes. So, uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, of, uh, it's not a park. It's not really well-managed when you're out here in the woods, and, and, man, sometimes people aren't really well-managed. So uh, you, you, you just kind of – it's it's cool to have – to be sharp on uh what what what's going around what people are around what's going on and stuff so uh but it's fine out here i've never really had a, a bad interaction but it's always just sometimes maybe tense is sort of what you would say you never communicate really and maybe sometimes it's just paranoia i'm sure people are fine and nice and stuff but there is sort of a code out here out in eastern oregon i remember when i was a kid you go out to to do some camping trips out there, and uh, and I, you'd think a I don't know a small town of thirty thousand people really isn't isn't a populace, but even in that, you're you're kind of enculturated to a regular set of systems that are sort of similar to what what a city is or what a suburban area is, and so that's sort of what I grew up in. But once you get out uh, pretty far into you know some of that ranch land stuff or you know some some of that area where it's just public land and there's not many people around. Uh, there's sort of a, an old high desert wave that you get. <laughs> it's like an old rancher wave, but it's uh, when two trucks are driving by each other in, in uh, opposite directions, you kind of give a little hand up. You don't really move it. You just kind of lift it up off the steering wheel like a salute. Hey, and then you put it back down and it's just sort of saying like, hey, I'm a good guy out here. See ya. <laughs> I think I guess it's supposed to instill trust that uh, even though that's the only other person that you've seen in a day, they're not after you, you know, or you're safe. You're you're on the same team or something. So, um, <laughs> I don't know what it was really about, but uh, maybe uh, just the old high desert politeness, I suppose. So yeah, my plans are I'm gonna I'm gonna coop up here and camp out, and then uh, cruise out to find some stuff to photograph in the morning. I'm hoping to do hoping to sight some wildlife out here. Brought the binoculars and uh, and maybe I'll get get a chance to see some stuff or or maybe see some sign of some things out here. But uh, but I'm not too sure. I think I'm not gonna get off the road very far in this circumstance. So best I might see is some birds or I don't know some people. That's some wildlife. Shoot. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna head down to the lake in the morning early and uh, try and maybe get some photographs down there. I'm trying to do some stuff around water on this trip, water and some color and stuff. But really, it's just kind of materializing however I want it to. I'm not really trying to hold myself too seriously structured to any one specific thing because, really, ultimately, like any of those um, uh, limiting or what it would be like, kind of those um, confining limitations that you'd set on yourself to do photography. Uh, they're just not really in line with any of the projects that I'm interested in really working on, you know? So I'm really interested in just trying to make photographs that sort of represent myself the best. And I'm trying to kind of figure that out in a good way too. You know, a lot of people kind of make pictures to, um, 
what would it be? I don't know, fit, fit the need of work or fit the need of uh, a style that they've seen sort of a thing, you know, trying to like, oh, okay, I need to match this style and kind of work with it. But really what I'm trying to do now, and I think I'm past or coming through onto the other side of the 10-year the mark of taking uh, some of the work that I'm doing in photography pretty seriously. And so with that, I'm kind of trying to move into, well, hey, what, what does Billy want to do with this? You know, what is the thing that, uh, that my interest is drawn toward instead of trying to make... Um, some kind of, uh, I don't know, some kind of what I think should work sort of a thing. I, I really want to try and go to just uh, what I am interested in. And I think that, uh, that that position of interest is really going to be where I'm, I'm going to make the best work that I can instead of trying to figure out, you know, what other people think I should do or, <laughs> or trying to follow the directions of people that really haven't thought about these things as hard as I have, which is uh, certainly the circumstance that probably any creative person has found themselves in for years now, you know, trying to follow the direction of someone who's, a, who's your boss or your director or your project manager who really has never spent any time actually participating in the, the actual process of the art that you do, you know. And, uh, and I, <laughs> I bet that that's the circumstance, probably as old as time. But uh, people kind of move through it and it's sort of a, and it's not a process. What would you call it? It's a phase. It's a phase. It's a phase. It's kind of just, you know, how it is for a while. And then, and then someday you're the old guy telling people what to do and things you don't understand. So <laughs> I bet it's uh, just kind of the, what the life cycle, you know, part of the life cycle. So good times. But uh, my fire is uh, now pretty completely out see the embers burning there but i think that's going to be where i call it for this episode of the billy newman photo podcast i appreciate you guys for listening saw some people tune in to the last one so that's cool i want to try and build out a few more of these and uh, uh, having fun uh, recording mobily and recording up in the studio and the loft at home that's been a lot of fun too so hoping to try and get some more of these podcasts out on my website that's billynewmanphoto.com and I've done a rebuild on that one, looking uh, a bit cleaner. Links are going to actual websites now. You know, any of that stuff that was kind of like, oh, that's a dead link, or oh, that's not filled out, or oh, this isn't, this isn't where it should be. Uh, those kind of things have been uh, sort of rearranged and you know, kind of edited down, changed some of the text out and stuff. So trying to make it fresh. <laughs> Got a lot of time for it, you know. Man, this COVID stuff. It's like, all right, well, I'll. Uh, rewrite my website code how about hmm, how about that uh so i did that and then uh yeah now i got a jam i gotta go out and make some photos and stuff so i'm happy to be out here taking some pictures these are just regular ones uh i gotta go through a bunch of 360 ones too that'll be cool but yeah good times out here doing photo stuff camping out by myself thanks for keeping me company have a good one talk to you later bye